You're listening to KDNK Carbondale. Support for Geekspeak on KDNK comes from Louis the Computer Guy, providing PC and Mac repair, networking support, tutoring, and web design. Secure, informed, and connected. Contact Louis at 970-948-7992. I'm your host, Matt McBrayer from Roaring Fork Help Desk, in studio with Louis the Computer Guy. How's it going, Matt? Going good. Good. All right. Well, As, you know, there's not a lot of tech news right see, now, but see, it's kind of quiet. A lot of it is the same. <laughs> yeah, the, the all-encompassing uh, artificial intelligence. Yes, uh, if it, if it's <clears throat> Chat GPT or Elon Musk, it's in the news. Yep. So, so I guess we need to talk about which one we should start with. Yeah. As always, you can call in at nine seven zero nine six three two nine seven six. Yes, we are here to field your questions. Um. Or if you have... Uh, or a topic you'd like us to discuss. Yeah, exactly. A topic you want us to discuss. Um, if you have a new gadget that you think uh, needs to be on our radar, um, we would love to hear about it. And, um, yeah, so I guess they uh, postponed the launch of the big rocket. Star- <clears throat> of Starship? Have you been following this? Yes. Story? It is the largest, most powerful rocket ever built. Mm-hmm. Right? And... Um, I find it interesting that um, I guess it's uh, the reason they postponed was due to a frozen pressurant valve, which I can't help but think, isn't that why the Challenger blew up? Wasn't it something to do with? So there was a a Challenger went up because of the leaky O-ring. There was an O-ring because it was colder than it was than it was rated for. And the company said, don't launch. And they did. And then. Yes. Oh, catastrophic failure. I missed that little sniglet of information. There. Yes, it was like three or four degrees colder than it was supposed to be. Got it. And so the O-ring didn't seat properly, mm-hmm. and so then the fire from the propellant went through the O-ring and burned a hole in the giant orange uh, fuel tank. That was horrible. I, you know, I've, I'd never watched a shuttle launch until that day, and I got up and I'm like, I'm going to watch a shuttle launch. And the thing blew and, up. And, and catastrophic I, failure. Yeah, and I was like, I shouldn't have watched that. Um, well, I, they so. they all knew that there was a 2% chance of catastrophic failure. Got they it. They were all well aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are the kind of odds that, um, I mean, that's not, those aren't, that's not working the good side of the odds. So um, anyway, uh, so I guess they're maybe going to try it a little bit later this week, but it is, I'm looking at a picture, it, uh, what is it, uh, the maximum payload to low Earth orbit, uh, it's capable of delivering 150,000 kilograms into low Earth orbit. So uh, as, com- as opposed to the Saturn V, which is only a measly little 118,000 kilograms. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's pretty powerful. So, and yeah. um, do you have any stories, Matt? Well, the only one I uh, saw that was interesting is it looks like the European Union is going to require that iOS allow sideloading of apps. Okay. Uh, and um, in 2024. What exactly does sideloading mean? So, for example, if you have an Android, uh, you can load an app store called F-Droid, which is a open source version of an app store. Oh, okay. Then you can load open source apps from F-Droid on your Android. Okay. And so in the European Union and hopefully outside of the European Union, uh, you'll be able to somebody will be able to put together a uh, a secondary uh, app store for Apple and be able to load uh, you know, basically non Apple gatekept 
Would it be uh, safe to say unapproved applications? Well, I don't know if they can say well, – I don't know what the, the rules and the law are about how they have to, to brand it. But basically, third-part you know, applications that are not uh, – so basically, developers don't have to go through Apple, the Apple Store or the Apple App Store uh, to get their applications on the iPhone. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but I'm sure the open yeah. source community uh, will be building something similar to F-Droid for – uh, iPhone, so you can get third-party apps on your phone without having to have Apple be the gatekeeper of what yeah. programs are on your phone or not, and that that comes with pros and cons. You know, uh, if if I was Apple, I would be so nervous about this um, because, I mean, what's to stop an application from getting you know put into the uh, into the the App Store that um, doesn't have malicious effects or you know. Um, have some sort of uh, negative interaction with well, the, the operating system, you know. So. Well, that's the that's you know, that's going to be that's one of the caveats. Uh-huh. You know, is that it's going to be that the app has to be safe? Well, no. I I don't uh-huh. well, I don't know what it says. I haven't had a chance to read in. Well, we don't know enough yet. Yeah. We don't know how they're going to implement all this. So, got it. They're going to announce that at the beginning of June. So, okay. we're just going to kind of, you know, play the bigger pros and cons where it's like you know you don't have to have apple be the gatekeeper so if there's something that you want on your phone that you can't get on your phone currently because of whatever reason apple is keeping it from from going on the phone or going into the app store yep. you can get you can now have that that figure out a way to get that app on your phone um and i guess it's gonna be real interesting to me because you know iphone is you know the guts of iphone are really a black box you don't know what it's doing under the hood yeah or how it's built or anything uh-huh. so it's gonna be it'll be interesting to me to see how uh third-party apps deal with that if that has to be reverse engineered or you know i don't know how much uh cooperation apple has to give to third parties uh through this law huh okay but I mean, technically, if you're developing in um, Xcode, which is the development platform for, is, that's pretty much the only development platform for iOS, right, Matt? Is as it, far as I'm aware, yeah. But yeah. and that's, that'll yeah. probably change. So supposedly, you know, the, anything developed in Xcode will run on the um, on the chip. So should work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're yeah. developing on Xcode, it should. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able. to build an app and put it on the other, you know, side loaded onto the phone somehow and, uh-huh. and have it work. Yeah. So, well, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that plays it's out. Like, It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm just here to say, you're not going to catch me doing any side loading. It's a, I'm, I just say no to side loading. Yep. So all I really want is to be able to do a, uh, have a version of, I can't even remember what it's called now, but basically be able to do a site survey of the Wi-Fi on my phone and get the technical information. Yeah, that is that probably my only frustration is uh the fact that it blocks you out from like really getting into the into the weeds of the technical aspects of the Wi-Fi. And because uh, that's yeah. one of the things and, that um I mean they make a really great Wi-Fi analysis um app for the Android platform um that I've used. Um I actually use a uh an adapted version. It's been reported for a couple of other platforms. We have a call? Yeah. You're on with the geeks. Hey, speaking of Wi-Fi, <laughs> this is this is Craig and Rifle. I knew it. Yeah, I just kicked on to you guys. I'm trying to my wife my router modem took a dump yesterday. It was about 12 years old, 
and okay. we're connected with Quest. And so everything I've looked at has the cable connection, and most of them don't have a telephone. So you're looking for a DSL modem. Yeah, a you need... DSL modem. Yeah. Strictly. Yeah, you need to specify DSL modem. Because if you say cable modem, you'll get uh, something that, that's uh, compatible with uh, right, TV, TV right. cable. Yeah, Comcast so. and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're looking for a, a DSL modem, and it's going to be a modem DSL router. modem slash router. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So who do you like? La- I mean, I had a gateway that lasted 13 years. Um. You know, I think most of the like one of the big players is a company called Zizel. Uh, X Y Z E L um, might be a good place to start looking. That, that's who builds all of uh, CenturyLink's um, hardware. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Does so, Best Buy have those? Oh, I would definitely call before driving down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what about the surfboard ones? Does Aris make? I don't think Aris makes a DSL. Yeah, I don't think they make a DSL surfboard. So, so because I'm an old guy, I have old technology. We're getting to pretty much screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's kind of the death rattle of DSL, basically, is what it is. I mean, it's yeah. But what you know? What if you hate what what what's with all the cord cutting people? What are they doing? Um. Well, I mean, there are a lot of different options anymore. I mean, especially since uh, Starlink came onto the onto the stage and. Not that I want to do anything that puts any money in Elon Musk's pocket, but um, it is a viable um, uh, it is a viable technology. Yeah. So when you have terrestrial, uh, you have terrestrial broadband available as well. You know, I think yeah. Well, not yeah, not at my house. <laughs> I can't see any of the translators. Uh huh. No, no, you meant terrestrial. Oh, well, did you mean fixed fixed wireless? Fixed wireless. Yeah, yeah, fixed wireless. Yeah, yeah, terrestrial. Yep. Got it. So, and you've checked with Crimson Wireless, Craig. They don't have a, any towers that you can they see. They don't have anything in in rifle. I even have, I even got, I even have uh, the. Uh, have you uh, checked with uh, Rise Broadband or? Fiber, right, well, I have fiber optic that they ran behind my house, and when I called them, they had sold to the new guys, and now they're not doing anything in rifle. Uh, okay. As of right now. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, you, you answered my question. I had to come right. at a friend's house because I have no internet in my house. I'm using oh, it, no. but I wanted to talk to my expert friend. All right. It's a sad yeah. day when Craig doesn't have any internet. So. No, no. I can survive. Believe me. Right. <laughs> we're, we're talking about cutting the cable, too. All righty. Good deal. I have albums. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Thanks. Good luck. Jim. Take care. Bye, guys. Yeah. Take care. So. DSL options. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that DSL never, that, uh, they never really did like the upgrades for it. I wonder if it was a, a cost thing, but because I mean, technically like DSLA, I think goes up to 1.2 gigabits per second. Not in Glenwood, it doesn't. No, I'm, but I'm just saying that <laughs> the technology. Yeah, yeah. The technology exists to, to over a, a pair of copper to do like two, like a gigabit per second or something like that. Got it. And, I just don't understand why, you know, DSL isn't more, hasn't been uh, invested in, like, cable and fiber. Yeah. And, I mean, fiber's the way to go. Don't well, get me wrong. Well, so, so I have it on good authority that 
Um, and this is this is from somebody who pretty much works in the inner internal um, bowels, if you will, of CenturyLink, um, and that is that CenturyLink's um, corporate uh, priorities uh, are to move away from DSL. Um, they're basically going to just do their best to support the DSL that's in place in in our area. And the the new model for um, uh, their their new internet um, product line, I guess you'd call it, um, has to do with and like a really good example would be um, when you're going down Highway Six in Glenwood Springs from Main Glenwood to West Glenwood. That very first building that you come across, which is like where the Bayou Restaurant used to be, that big old it was called Six Canyon or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, that was one of CenturyLink's uh, new kind of flagship uh, imp- implementations of this in the Valley is they basically went in and put ubiquitous um, Wi-Fi um, that all you got to do is log on to it and give your credit card number and you got internet, baby. Um, and that's kind of their new. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's. that's I know the, they've deployed a bunch of fiber in, in the Denver area. Yeah. But I, I know that um, at least, you know, like I said, on good authority from a friend who works pretty high up in the ladder, um, he said uh, they're not, um, you know, he, he confided in me. He said, uh, he said, I, he said, don't tell anybody, but um, I have Comcast in my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, because he just basically sees that they're, you know, the, the, they're going to get they're going to limp by on minimal support on DSL. Um, and focus on newer technologies. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you live in one of those apartment buildings, one of those new apartment buildings with the CenturyLink ubiquitous Wi-Fi, then you're in good shape. But um, otherwise, uh, you might want to consider. I mean, you know, they're going to probably limp it along for another five or ten years. You know, um, I I like five better than ten. Um, but um, after that, I mean, it. You know, the bottom line is. Uh, we're going to be talking about DSL in the same context as we do dial-up now in, in five to seven years, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think so. everything, will, everything will move to either uh, what is it? Either fiber or coaxial. Yeah. Yeah. Those, are, yeah, those will be the, the two technologies going forward since yeah. there's no the, – the bandwidth availability on both those uh, cables is obscene. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just disappointed when Google abandoned their balloon project. You know, I was pretty excited about <laughs> <laughs> one of the craziest things i've ever heard about <laughs> well of course now it'll get shot down yeah exactly i mean yeah i i hope they filed their paperwork you know for that but uh i, I don't know if i ever told you did i tell you how i first found out about the google balloon project Didn't, weren't you on like uh one of the aviation sites yeah i was the... on flight radar uh flight radar 24 and uh uh, basically clicked on, you just, you can see all these objects, these flying objects. And I, you know, there was one that had kind of a mysterious icon on it and, uh, it was like floating around up by Meeker, Colorado. And I clicked on it and it said Google loon project. Um, and then that made me go ahead and, um, and, you know, look a little bit deeper, Google, Google what the Google loon project was. And I found out that it was a, a pilot project. Uh, the idea being that they would be um, launching a series of uh, Wi-Fi based balloons or Wi-Fi providing balloons um, from the West Coast and having them float across the country. They launch them every 16 to 24 hours or whatever. And 
uh, they'd be floating across the country and uh, you can connect to these balloons and get your Wi-Fi from them. So, which, you know, if you could harness, if you could control the weather a little bit better, I think it might, you know, I, I wouldn't be laughing, laughing at them so much, but um, you know, I mean, just all it takes is, you know, for one of those balloons to get into the atmospheric river. And next thing you know, it's in, you know, Uganda or something. So, um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, um, 970-963-2976. We still have a few minutes if you want to give us a call and um, let us know how your DSL is working. Um, so, yeah, I've, um, I've kind of been through some debacles with D DSL just lately. Uh, you know, I had, some, had a customer where they were supposed to come out and uh, install a new modem, and a uh, technician showed up and looked in the box and said, everything looks good to me, and... About 20 minutes later, the DSL, their internet stopped. Um, so I don't know what that was all about, but uh, it's, um, I guess, as long as there's human beings installing this stuff, there's still going to be problems. So um, I heard that, uh, did you hear Russia's, Russia is claiming that uh, only 2% of their bots um, that they've introduced into the social media ecosystem uh, are detected. So... So beware. Um, I'm sure the numbers are astronomical. 2% is probably, you know, millions of them. Yeah. But that also leaves millions or billions of them that haven't been detected. Exactly. So that's that much misinformation that, um, which, you know, I, I don't understand. I mean, it seems to me like I would be seeing stuff. Not Actually, I don't spend much time on social media, hardly at all. But uh, it seems to me like you'd be seeing ones that going, you know, that were like telling us if the Russians really are doing all this, that um, would be telling us that, uh, you know, how evil the Ukrainians are and how they, you know, this is what needed to happen. And they're a rogue state and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, I guess they're picking and choosing their they're picking their misinformation carefully. Well, so. if you push too hard, though, then people are going to be suspicious. Indeed. So, so Indeed. I mean, if you want to be. You know, you want to be underhand, you know, gentle and underhanded about the position that you push. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be too obvious that what's going on. This is true. This is true. So, so um, let's see. What's the latest on chat GPT these days? Um, I heard a story about a uh, high school student writing a uh, amazing term paper. Uh, at least chat GPT did for them. Uh-huh. And... Uh, well, is it, well, it sounds like people are starting. It, the job now is to wrangle your AI. So it's like you need to learn how to interface with your AI so you can get the outcome that you want. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like that's a which isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a uh, probably going to be a very valuable skill until they become you know uh, more complicated. Yeah, until they start figuring out things for themselves. Definitely, that scares me to think about that. Um, let's see, what was I going to say? Um, so let's see, people are writing term papers with it. Um, people are writing songs with it. Um, trying to, there actually was well, there, when there's, go ahead. Isn't there something, um, what was I, I saw an article and I didn't get a chance to read very much of it. Um, talking about voiceover artists. So a voiceover artist found, uh, f basically found an AI 
an AI had decided to use his voice, or somebody had instructed an AI to use his voice. Okay, and this was good. Was you know basically the AI was sounding like him, and you know he basically tried to is trying to figure out how to like you know get them to stop selling his voice through an AI system. Got it. Or had to do a, a you know a DMCA or I don't know what they I don't uh, I didn't get that far into it so unfortunately okay. Here's a, here's a funny story. The, this man known as the most swiped man on Tinder says he's using ChatGPT and AI to help genetically non-blessed people. That's in quotes. Find love. Um, <laughs> so so I guess he's he's kind of like a Chat ChatGPT whisperer for people. Um, uh, the most swiped right man on on Tinder says he's using ChatGPT and AI tech to help genetically non-blessed people find love and recommends singletons. Always video call before a first date. Send a fun first message and only use photos of, them, of themselves in their profiles. Well, that's all pretty basic stuff. <laughs> so it's... um, Yeah, but there is a show that's completely dedicated to that called The Catfish. Okay. Got My it. wife likes to watch that one. All right. So basically, you know, people <clears throat> stealing somebody else's identity or, you know, pictures off of Facebook or some other uh, thing and then you know, then presenting themselves as that person on all these other, other things. And somebody helped. It's a show where they basically help these people figure out that they're a fake or not, or if they're real or try okay. to get hold of them and all kinds of things. Got it. So, yeah. So, uh, his, this guy's website is a celebrity love coach and uh, single men can pay a subscription starting from, uh, anywhere from 45 pounds to 120 pounds. And uh, he claims he will help lead them to have more successful matches with suitors online. So that's uh, what an interesting world it is. You know, I I saw an article uh, talking about how there's like a certain number of people that are like just completely frozen in their tracks thinking that they're going to be replaced by AI. And um, I don't know. What do you think about that, Matt? Do you think uh, does AI really have the capability of replacing human beings? You know, I think a lot of the, well, I don't know, there's some interesting problems there because, like, to me, there's a lot of jobs that don't need to exist. You know, it's just like this corporate job exists. So would it be easier just to have have an AI do that job and not have uh, a, you know, a person do a repetitive menial task uh, for the business mm-hmm. and get paid for it? You know, should they, yeah. should be, you know, so I think the repetitive part of people's jobs, I think, is going to go away. Uh-huh. As AI becomes more advanced, <clears throat> so we're going to have to work on you know being creative and figuring other pieces of uh, you know society's going to shift from you know this repetitiveness to to something else. Got it. Is what I think. Yeah, you know my uh, one of my takeaways, you know, because years ago everybody's like computers are going to replace us, and everybody's freaking out about it. And uh, the net result ended up being that uh, now that people have computers, their bosses just expect them to get three times as much work done. And um, and everybody thought they were going to be all stressed out because they didn't have a job. Now they're all stressed out because they got three times uh, the job that they had Right, because they have have three times the – three or four times the throughput capability. Exactly. You got the tools, and so it's that many more balls to focus on in the air. And, um, you know, that's that's something to – I, I thought that I had the, you know, the end around on this because I, I think we talked about several years ago. There's a robot. There's a, there's a website called com, And, um, 
you know, so I thought, okay, well, I've, I've got the one up on them and I basically, you know, went and you, you go to the site and you basically take in what your job is. And I thought, well, I'm going to put in robot technician. And, um, it came back and it said, you better be careful because you're probably going to get replaced by a robot. (laughs) So they're going to have robots fixing robots and, uh, which I guess isn't that far of a stretch, but I just didn't, you know, I wonder if the, uh, like diagnostic and troubleshooting would be a, a human task. Uh-huh. You know, where they where you go, oh, this is what's wrong. You tell the AI what's wrong with it, and then it, you know, then the repair is done by a set of robots. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I mean, eventually, if it'll get to the point where that's all done, uh, you know, autonomously. But you know, in the in the meantime, do you say, oh, the you know, this is broken, and then it gets repaired, or how you know how, how yeah. does that look in the in, while we're transitioning to that kind of thought? Exactly. Well, you know, it's just to me the idea of a robot a, a, a robot fixing other robots is kind of like starts to creep up on the whole um, snake eating its own tail question. But right, um, I suppose it's a little bit different. But uh, yep. Well, you know what that music means? Yep, it's four fifty-five. Yeah, and we're gonna be back. That's what I'm looking at. Ooh, wrong one. Are you now? Yeah. This next month, right? Yeah, yeah, May 1st. May 1st, May Day. May, yep. May Day, May Day. You've been listening to Geek Speak on KDK. I'm your host, Matt McBrayer from Roaring Fork Help Desk in studio with Louie the Computer Guy. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. See you in May.